Hey, Raina. Hi, Meg. How's it going? Pretty good. How about you? Good. Good. You got a joke for us? I sure do. What do you got? I got these ones are dumb. Okay. I'm just going for it because you gotta mix it up. You gotta mix it up. These I will call them dad jokes. I'm gonna give you a few of them though because okay. they made me giggle. <laughs> they did. Um, what do devils serve to drink at a Halloween party? I don't know. Demonade. Oh man. <laughs> that was a good one. What do demons eat for breakfast? I don't know. Deviled eggs. Oh, I should have known that one. Yeah. I should have known that one. That was a good one. And which demon is a Looney Tune? The Tasmanian Devil. Damn it, Meg. Ruining my jokes. Yeah, that was it. Good job. I knew that one. How about this one? How do demons stay fit? I don't know. They exercise regularly. I got that one. All right. Um, so you guys, it's part two of Father Amorth and, um, the, the Vatican's top exorcist. Yeah. So we are going to just leave you with those really solid jokes. Solid. 10 out of 10. Enjoy the rest of the Father Amorth story that and, we're going to yeah. talk about. And yeah, have a spooky season. While speaking to Father Amorth, William um, Friedkin asks him if he could film an exorcism. Okay. And it takes Father Amorth a little bit of time to think about it, and then he comes back and says, yes. Okay. You, you can film one, but it has to be just you, and no film crew, no lights, nothing like that. It can be you and one camera. Which I feel like <clears throat> makes sense. I feel like that, because it is, you're with a person, a quote, well, Who patient. is going through something who is, right? whether it is a mental health crisis <laughs> exactly. or is what they're saying it is, no matter what, I feel like is a very sensitive situation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, we get to see it. We get to see it. I feel like we should put maybe a clip of it. Absolutely, up. yeah. yeah. Um, but we get to see it. You want to you play a clip of it? Yeah, let's pause and see. So, I want to play, it's just a very small clip so that you can hear... Okay. The, the sounds that are coming out of her. So in this scene, Father Morth is in a room with Christina. And that's not her real name, by the way. Okay. And she's with all of her family. There are um, two men behind her, kind of with their hands on her shoulder. And yeah. there's a man in front of her um, with her knees between his legs. Okay. Okay. So this this is Father Morth praying over her. And this is the, these are the sounds that she is making. You can see she's shaking. Mm -hmm. So in that, that's really difficult to watch because mm -hmm. she's obviously going through something. Something within yeah. her mind, whether it's a demon possession, whether it's schizophrenia, whether it's some sort of mental health crisis, something is happening. Definitely. She is shaking. She is trying to break free of the chair she is in. Men are holding her down, and you hear 
what's coming out of her mouth. Yeah. That's just, that is not a that is not a noise that a human being can make. No. Right? Yeah. So that is where I had my husband come in and I said, look at this. This is from just a regular camera. Like they show the camera that, that William is using. And I'm like, can you just take a voice in something like this and change it? And he said, oh yeah, that's easy to thousand do. thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, which you, can you, do. you would know that too. Yeah. Because thousand percent. Kind of what you do. So. So here's my like counter to that. Okay. <clears throat> Is that as a filmmaker, wouldn't he want to be a debunker? Or is he going in, is he going in for the church? Who is he going in for? He's going in for himself. What is he benefiting out of it? Because he made the movie The Exorcist. Oh, yes. so he's the exorcist guy. He's the director of The Exorcist. Got it, so he's trying to prove something. Yes. However, later on in the documentary, this is why I don't think that's, that's real. We're going to go there. Okay. 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 So just put a pin in that. Okay. Put a pin in it. Yep. Um, At the end of this exorcism, Christina, quote, wakes up. They get her some water. She's laughing and smiling. Okay. Um, After this, it shows Friedkin interviewing medical psychologists and neurologists. Okay. They say you have to believe in the exorcism in order to believe that it's going to work. Okay. Okay. So doctors state that this is a behavioral phenomenon. Clearly something is happening. But perhaps she is putting in it into a religious context yeah. that she grew up in. When asked if the doctor was religious, he didn't want to answer right away because he didn't want to cloud that assessment. Which is a great medical right. person. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So he said, we are discussing this case. We are not discussing my personal beliefs. He eventually did say that there's only so much that humans can explain and understand. And once you move past that, I am willing to put the name of God or whatever entity you want in that that place, that beyond that. Yeah. So that's him saying that yes, he does have re- he does have a belief in a higher power, but that's not what they're discussing here, right? Which so. I think is amazing as far as a doctor goes to say mm-hmm. that is to say like something here is something is happening. There is something happening. It mm-hmm. could possibly be medically explainable, right? But also there is a chance that mm-hmm. it's not medically explainable, right? Exactly. There are there are other things that come into play at a certain point. Right. Yes. Um, Another doctor states that if a patient is open to treatment, such as an exorcism, then perhaps it has some benefit to the patient's mind. Like placebo. Like placebo. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, you go into therapy and you talk through things and it helps out. What Mm -hmm. What if this is another step in that? A thousand percent. You know? I've been through therapy. I can tell you. Yeah. It helps. Yes, it does. Um, there's a panel of doctors that are sitting around a table watching Christina's exorcism and they're discussing it. They say that when someone is sick, you take care of it. In Christina's case, she is doing something. Thousand percent. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> they discuss what kind of psychotherapy or intervention is needed. And perhaps in some cases, um, in this ritualistic way, will have a benefit whether or not it is a demon. Okay. So there were some doctors that said, although we cannot quantify 
exorcism. We can't, you can't quantify it by science that it has some sort of benefit. However, it goes back to the belief system. There's something happening. If the person grows up in a mindset that this is what you do, if they do it, they're doing something and it could be beneficial. Thousand percent. And there it is mind over matter for, I feel like so many things in life are mind over matter. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, when the doctors were asked if they believed that Christina's case was fraud, like if she was faking it, all the doctors say that they did not believe that it was fraud. Yep. It is classified as, so th- there's a classification mm-hmm. for, quote, possessions. Yeah. It is disassociative trance disorder, and it is worldwide recognized. It is, it is a worldwide recognized diagnosis, but there are some cultural differences to it but it is from around the world it is a disruption of identity and altered consciousness to the surroundings that may be perceived perceived as an experience of being controlled okay so they have a name for it wow it's happened enough that they have a name for it so it's a disorder in which patients report demon possessions and are treated by exorcism. Mm-hmm. In some cases, the exorcism works because it is giving an outlet to the part of the brain that needs it. It is a form of therapy. Okay. Isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. I like putting there it into is, a medical perspective. No, thinking of it in the medical perspective and then also realizing that doctors can tap into that medical perspective and be yep. like, this is real to an extent, it is a form. Exorcism can be a form of therapy, just like you and I going and speaking to a therapist and getting it out in some way. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. Some say some doctors believe that if you believe something will work, it is likely to do so. Uh, which I believe wholeheartedly because mm-hmm. I think everything is. We've said this. Everything's energy. Everything's you put energy, enough yeah. positive energy into something. It's going to go in your favor. And our mind is so powerful. Yep, it is. Like, and so it's incredibly wild. powerful. So that, that all adds up to me. Yeah, at the end I of think the so too. Absolutely. Um, it is important. They said, stated that it is important for doctors to not take a position on the cause of the condition. It's their job to treat the phenomenon via medication or therapy. Yeah, which... I think we both agree that that is such a good standpoint. It is have. a great standpoint. Yeah. Like we're actually, not, we are not going to find the cause, but we're going to treat it the best way we can. I wish that, I don't believe that all doctors are this way. I, I don't believe that all therapists are this way. I thousand percent agree with that. Yes. I wish that this was the, I wish that this is what doctors were taught. Because how many times have you gone to the doctor and they say, oh, it's nothing. Oh no. I got told I was bipolar. The first therapist that I went to, which was really fun. Um, because I told her that, um, sometimes I get really mad at my kids and she told me I was bipolar and I was like, oh my God, am I like, do I have this going on? And I don't realize it. Like, and that has to be scary for you. Yeah. So it was my first meeting with her and she was this old lady and she told me this and I went to my husband and my sisters and they were like, you have a billion things that could be going on with you, but bipolar is not one of them. And I was like. Okay, so then I found a new therapist. She assessed me. She was like, there is literally no way you're bipolar. You're ADHD. And you have these moments where you're overstimulated and you overreact with your kids. Mm -hmm. She's like, that's what's going on. You're not bipolar. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, good 
good to know because I had a lady on my very first appointment tell me I was bipolar. And, and I was one like, appointment. I don't think you can assess that. Well, and that was my thing. I walked away from it being like, what the hell? And I, you know, it was at the time I was very embarrassed to talk about it because I was like, got told by a therapist I was bipolar and I was, which there's nothing wrong with being bipolar. No, absolutely not. If you a lot are of people bipolar, are, bipolar, and it was great. then you find that I out. I felt in my soul that I was like, that, that was not, no, I was just more being, I was being very open with her and telling her what was going on with me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she like ran in the wrong direction and I was kind of like, okay, yeah, okay. Well, that sounds good. And then someone was like, no, you're ADHD overstimulated. Interesting. And I was like, there she is. Yeah. Well, and, I, and you know, I've read things, seen things that said something like, I'm not angry. I'm overwhelmed. Yes. It's overstimulation. It's over, and I think a lot of people, especially a lot of mothers, yeah. can understand mm-hmm. that. Like, am I Up and like down. this? Yeah. Is strictly Same. related to me being overstimulated with my children. Yep. And... And life. And life. But, like, it was one of those things that I was like, when she said it to me, I, I was like, holy fuck, am I if I'm bipolar and never realized it? But I've never had this before, before I had kids, before this, and then, yeah. Then it's found interesting. Out, no, wasn't that. And I think people have to have And it. I was assessed by multiple therapists, to be yeah. honest, or like us. I had a psychologist for my ADHD come in and assess me, do a whole assessment on me, and they were like, you're definitely not bipolar. Because I freaked out after that, because I was like, if I am, I, I want to know. Right. And shame on that doctor for just going there the first session. Well, don't worry. I complained. Good. Because she was, she said a lot of other things to me. She was unhinged. Unhinged. And not in a good way. Not in a good way. Not in our way. It's just, it's really important for people to have an understanding of other people, I think. They, being the doctors, stated that the possession, there are possessions all over the world. The only difference is... The belief in the origin of the possession. Okay. I thought that was fascinating. That is fascinating. I've seen videos online of like them happening in um, like South America and mm-hmm. Africa and... Yep. I've seen multiple different ones. And so, it is always wild to me to watch people's bodies... Contort? Yeah. And yeah. those things. Which, that is the only reason why it makes me feel like it's somewhat believable because watching their bodies do things is weird. Well, it's like it's like with what we've talked about with Bigfoot and cryptids. All these different societies, all these different cultures have the same thing. There yeah. has to be something. There's something. something there. Yeah. Right. And in this, in my belief, it's a negative energy. I agree. If it's not mental illness. I fully believe that you have to rule that out first. But... With that being said, like these doctors, these psychologists, these neurologists have stated, it doesn't matter what the cause is. I think it is strongly majority mental illness, but right. then when you see them with their bodies doing those things, it's very hard to be like, yeah, that's interesting. mental illness. I don't know. Who's driving me home tonight? Because I might be scared. My husband? <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> Um, talking to a bishop of the Catholic Church, he states that he gets a lot of inquiry of people writing and saying that they believe they are possessed. His first thing that he wants to eliminate is the existence of a psychological condition. Mm-hmm. You have to eliminate the natural before you can consider the supernatural. Okay. So I really do believe that the Catholic Church has changed in a lot of ways right. to really accept and try to understand mental illness. Like Which, back in the day, they would just take anything as an exorcism. Right. And now they're like, okay, well, I mean, we realize even, that not everything is... Right. Not even Catholicism. Like 
go back to the Puritan times, like the the entire existence of the Salem witch trials, the Connecticut witch trials, the you know the German witch trials, all has to do with fear of the unknown. Somebody right. acts a certain way, they must be a witch. They must be contorting consorting with the devil. Like kill them, light the bitch up, right? Am I wrong? No. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. Thank you. Guys, it's now 10.38. I'm leaving that comment in. For now. This Catholic bishop believes that there are more things in heaven and earth. There are more things in heaven and earth that we are aware of. Some of it we can't comprehend or control. Most possessions are not true. He admits that. Mm -hmm. But we may have a limit to where we do not understand and we have to be open to supernatural possibilities. Even the neurologists said that, that were featured in this document. Agreed. Mm -hmm. All around. Are you possessed? Do we have to stop right now? My God. Um, Friedman interviews Jeffrey Burton Russell. So he was asked... Asked if he believes it is possible for the devil to take over the soul of a human. He says, that is not taking over a soul. The devil or whatever you want to call it is taking over one's body. Taking over the soul is evil tempting one with sin. Taking over your free will. That makes so much sense. So taking over your body is taking over what you do. But taking over your soul is tempting. Temptation, which I feel like we all have temptation, right? Yeah, which that is a religious base. But like taking over your body is what I feel like people, is what exorcism technically is. Is what people think possession is. Your soul is. Different. I think your soul is such a higher power that it's not possible, in my opinion. I agree. And I'm not going to lie, I read that statement wrong, and I realized I read it wrong, and this guttural sound came out of me. <laughs> we might leave the guttural sound in. Unsure. That's going to depend on my editing skills later. But she did sound like the demon came out of her belly. Unsure. I'm not sure where it came out of, to be quite honest. Your nose holes. <laughs> When asked if the, when the author was asked if he believes writing so many stories of the devil was opening himself up to evil, he stated that after writing one of these books, he came down with a severe depression, which he believes was the devil. Yeah. So he said, you just got to stop focusing on it. Focus on the good versus the evil. So even in his writing, yes, he writes those, those evil bits. Yeah. But he focuses more on the good. Yeah. Well, I feel like you're even, we did this. We already said this, that we took a second to like cleanse and do all the things. When you're talking about so much negativity, I feel like you are calling in negativity. So you can call in anything that is... Anything. Yucky. You don't need to have it around you. You can call that shit in by sitting at that vibration. Yeah, I Essentially. That's why when they say do positive things, do things that, you know, feed your soul. It's it's making your vibration higher. Feed your soul higher, not lower. Not lower. Which some people do that. Feed yeah. it lower. People do do that. When no, some people talk about get... dark magic or mm-hmm. like the satanic rituals or those kind. You're feeding into a lower vibration. Yeah. That is like a thousand percent. That's why I feel like that is a thing. It's because you're literally attracting yourself to this lower vibration. A statement on the topic of evil says there is a belief that a non-human embodiment of evil exists, but what does that look like? 
And I think that goes back into what we were talking about earlier. Um, we did a mini-sode on September 23rd, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was stated was maybe we are looking at what we perceive as evil and what we perceive as good uh-huh. the wrong way. Uh-huh. So that's what I took from that. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, the bishop that we were talking to earlier states that evil is like a shadow or a parasite. There's not an inherent evil. The devil is good, meaning it is a being of intelligence and integrity, but the goodness has become warped into evil acts and deeds. Weird. What? Is that weird? What? That's like what we were saying. Was it? I think it was. Interesting. So you're telling me I'm right. It's all I need to hear. You're right, Randy. Oh, thank God. Damn. Didn't religion just tell me that my beliefs were right? (gasps) What? What? You might have to lower that volume up. I think it was a whisper, right? We didn't, like, yell it. Because my kids are sleeping next door. Right up to the mic. Okay, well, we can do that. I'm actually very, like, that blows my mind. I was really impressed with this bishop that they were talking to. He was, we would have been able to chill with him. He was awoken. I don't like using that word. Well, because it's used in a different way. But right. Woken as I mean, in, woke means an understanding of someone who has a different experience than you, but not many people understand that. Right. That is, thank you for explaining that properly, because I feel like other people take that in a different way. But yes, yeah. it's like understanding that people have a different experience than you and that it's okay mm-hmm. for people to have other yeah. thoughts and beliefs than right. you do. However. So if you want to know what the word woke means, that is an Afro-American term. That means having an understanding of someone else's experience. So stop being like these woke people. (gasps) Fascinating. It is wild. When asked if he believes exorcism can rid a demon, he says he does not know. To speak to a demon, perhaps Father Amorth could, but he has not personally done that. Someone said to be possessed has their entire personality changed. So you aren't dealing with a person who needs to be exorcised, but rather an entity who needs to be gotten rid of. So it's I just a different that. perspective. It's ha- different ways of looking at it. I mean, I think you and I can both relate to an ent- entity that needs to be gotten rid of. Yeah. Because absolutely. I had a dark entity in my house. Mm-hmm. And when it we was, first met. And yeah. also Cass Huff mm-hmm. acknowledged it. I could feel it. You could feel it. Mm-hmm. And we got rid of it. Yeah. I think the dark entity came from negative energy. That was projected onto you. Mm-hmm. Um, which is important, you know, we talked about this in our Maven episode, it is important to protect your home, your family, your property. I have gone around and protected my entire property line. I think it's something to be said that if you're not aware, if you're not religious and you're not aware of energy, um, in general, that you should know that if someone truly hates you in their core, because some people do, Mm -hmm. everyone has someone who hates Mm -hmm. someone, they're negative, yes, they're negative energy can affect you absolutely in a way that you're not aware of absolutely. and that is something to just be energy lives forever so just your yeah. thoughts are energy mm-hmm. so someone constantly thinking negative about you could you can bring that it comes into your life it comes into your life and you have to actively do things to stop to it stop it mm-hmm. so if someone is literally projecting negativity onto your home you know what you do you put a mirror facing wherever you believe that negativity is coming from on the outside of your house. Reflect you, it right back to them. Or you put black obsidian arrowheads facing their house mm-hmm. all along your fence line. Mm-hmm. Does it work? Yeah. 
Are these just shiny rocks with psychology? Sure. Maybe. You, you do you. you but do also, you. if their thoughts affects me, affect me, why do so my, thoughts, my thoughts, not thoughts and actions? Them? Yeah. Exactly. I don't even want to affect other people. I want to protect me. Same. I just want to get my rid of family. someone else's negative energy. Even somebody who could be my worst en- enemy, I don't want anything. I, I don't care. I don't care enough to have anything projected onto them. I just want it to stop. So I'm going to block it. I just want their energy that they give to me back onto them. I'm rather rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say to me sticks back to you. Is that how they say it on the West Coast? I'm rubber, you're glue. Anything you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. Okay, maybe that's what it is. I just can't remember. I haven't said that since I was like seven, but maybe (laughs) ten. When this bishop was asked if he would ever perform an exorcism, he said, no. He does not ever want to speak to the devil because it is dangerous. He would be afraid. He got some pushback from this statement in his interview, and I found that very annoying. I feel like he was being honest. I feel like he is the most respected. real, the most real like priest I've ever heard discuss right. this kind of thing. Like, I, it, I have like a lot he's coming. Yeah, he's coming from a really real standpoint, enlightened place. Yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, but that is my opinion. Agreed. All of this is our opinion, you guys. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church searches for a long time to find somebody who can adequately perform an exorcism. They understand that not just anybody can do this. Right. We cut back to the exorcism with Christina. She asked for her father to be blessed after her exorcism was done, right? Okay. Hoping that she could be cured from her possession. She wanted her father who was in the room to just be blessed. So just in case anything went to him, it, it didn't affect him. When her father was being blessed, you hear her making those guttural sounds again. So she's still possessed. Mm. Her mother sat for a blessing and it got real bad. Um, she kept trying to get out of her chair. She was growling. People were trying to hold her down. She was shaking. Then, boom, it was over. She was smiling. She got a glass of water. I just feel like her poor parents. Her poor parents and all of this. Yeah. <clears throat> so I believe this documentary... Was not really believable. I believe that it was pretty theatrical. Yeah. Um, do I believe that Christina really felt that she had an entity in her body? Yes. Yeah. I do. But I believe that how they made this documentary uh-huh. was almost a slap in her face. Uh huh. I believe that they put more theatrics in it than needed to be. Okay. Um. So afterwards. Uh, the director decided to meet Christina in a town outside of Rome. Okay. Okay. Because at this point, Father Morth had gotten sick and he was in the hospital. So they meet in a cathedral. There were no cameras. Okay. Mm-hmm. No cameras. Just William's narrative of what happened. He said he walked into a church where Christina was meant to meet him. It was cold. Christina was screaming. She was slithering around on a chair like the chair was moving around the floor. Um, it said that her boyfriend was with her and some other things. It said that her mother was with her and that either the boyfriend or the mother was demanding that they give her, give them the tape and destroy it. But Christina, who was possessed by the demon was screaming, no, let it out. Let them know that I am here. There's no documentation of this. This is just word of mouth. Okay. That is where I get like, eh. Because when you watch the documentary, it is so theatrical. There's music. It gets dark. They're showing images of a cathedral. Mm-hmm. I'm out at that yeah. point. Like, yeah. I'm, 
I the, know. The theatrics. Like, yeah. let it be what it is. Yeah. So, there's different levels of possession, right? There's de- demonic possession, which is a demon using someone's body as their own. This is really rare. Mm-hmm. There's demonic infestation, which is the presence of evil in a location, such as a haunted house or an object like a voodoo doll or a Ouija board, okay. which I do not mess with Ouija boards at all. Nope. I do not fuck with those. Also, by the way, if you guys have ever or do not do that, don't, you might not think they're real. If you don't give them any time of day, that's fine. But also like, just don't. I, that's don't do one it. thing that I don't will do never... it. Don't do it. Don't mm-hmm. do it. Don't do it. There's also demonic vexation, which is physical, physical attacks on a person's body, such as cuts, bites, marks, and bruises. And I feel like that's something that's, like, you can go into a haunted house and get that. Like, yeah. there's people at the Walker Ames house who, has had, who have I had know. cuts. Which and that's I don't also really something that's demonic. that I, I don't think it's demonic either. I think it's, I don't know what I think that is. I think it's just like a force of energy that can happen. Yeah, yeah. Then there's demonic obsession, which is a demonic attack on someone's mind. This can be the devil trying to get inside someone's head, so everything that they are thinking or experiences is being filtered through the presence of the demonic. I also want to be clear when I said that, what I was saying Mm -hmm. and what you're saying is that I don't think any of it is actually, like, quote-unquote demonic. Correct. I think that there are spirits who are humans who have passed on to the other side. And then I think there is also negative energy that when enough things come together can form a negative entity and that negative entity has enough power to do negative things and that's where I come from from all of this I think it's safe safe to say that neither you nor I believe in an actual demonic possession yeah I think we believe that there are other reasons for it however if someone does believe based on their upbringing or whatever that they are possessed Perhaps something like an exorcism would help them give that that uh, therapeutic outlet. I also, to heal. with saying that, am not closed off to, to the idea. Like, as in, I think there are so many things beyond our understanding. Mm-hmm. I think for That's me, too. for yeah. me to say that that is not a real thing, is like Christian saying. It's only God and only hell and only heaven, and that's the only thing. So I cannot, I have not experienced it. I can't sit here and say for sure that that is what it is. I struggle to understand it because I've never experienced it. Okay. And so I think that is a big thing. I've never experienced it. I do not know my understanding of the other side. It doesn't align with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying that I don't fully believe that it's not real because there okay. are so many stories that make me wonder. And perhaps it's verbiage. Yeah. Perhaps it's verbiage. What they're saying is a demonic possession is us saying that your vibration is low. Right. That Which that is. And I know vibrationally, like, there are high, high vibrations mm-hmm. and low vibrations. And low vibration entities are not good. But yeah. I don't know about the physical side of that. Correct. And that is something that I don't understand. I don't know. And so I will speak on it saying that I don't necessarily think that it is real, but I also could be proved wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it for sure. I think for sure I know that there's no heaven and hell and I will stand by that. Yeah. And I, I think what we're saying is we don't know someone else's experience. Yeah. Just like other people don't know our experience. So if you're super, 
you know, if you come from a very religious standpoint, you cannot understand my experience if you don't allow that to happen. Thousand percent. And we are trying to understand everyone's experience outside of that religious context. Yeah. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yep. I agree. Okay. Moving on. It is, I am, I am safe to report that, I, and I've said this a couple of times, the Catholic Church now requires a consult, a medical consult, and a mental health consult before they will continue on with any alleged reports of, of demonic possession. 10 out of 10. Which, I have respect for that, for mm-hmm. sure. The movie The Exorcist really changed how the Catholic Church put out public view of the actual exorcism ritual Mm -hmm. and they streamlined it so it's very cut and dry yeah now how they do it there's not a lot of theatrics it's you know you go in you assess you decide what to do you say a prayer and then you move on and if they the the person is still afflicted you try it again that's a very i mean there's more that goes into it of course but i i have not gone through the classes how dare you? I'm right in the in your research, you didn't do a class on right exorcism. But the Catholic Church did put out some articles, like saying this is how basically we do things. Okay. Father Morth died in 2016 at the age of 91. He was unable to perform the tenth exorcism on Christina because remember her last one, or wait, maybe mm-hmm. that was the tenth. No, she was at her ninth. And it didn't work, and she was unable to. He was unable to perform the tenth. Munchausen by proxy. Interesting. Weird. Mm. That's like what comes to my head. Interesting. I don't know that for a fact. That is a speculation. But there's a lot of different diagnoses that maybe we could attribute to that. We don't know because we don't know who Christina is. No, we we don't. That is not in, and it is not my place to actually give anyone a diagnosis. Correct. Father Morse's memoir was titled, titled The Exorcist Tells His Story, and it was published in the year 2000. He also wrote several other books on exorcism, including The Last Exorcist and The Devil's Final Battle. Okay. A final quote I want to give on Father Amor- from Father Amorth was, quote, Most self-described witches, wizards, clairvoyants, and satanic priests are harmless occult enthusiasts at best or scammers at worst. I love that. Isn't that great? No, but that I feel like that's true. Yeah. I thought that was a really best, interesting quote. Yes, but at worst, they're scammers, which right. is, that is a thing. Mm-hmm. Thousand percent a thing. Scammers. Oh, yeah. But at best, enthusiasts. Enthusiasts. I'm an enthusiast. I'm an enthusiast. I'm not out to scam anybody. I'm not taking your money, am I? I mean, you can buy our merch, but I'm giving you something for that. Yeah. Giving right? us our fucking amazing personalities. Like this sour slut cup. <sighs> <laughs> Pretty sure the power of Christ compelled me. That was a guttural... Christ on a cracker, for real. So that, that was, was you guys. I think like I think we're pretty safe to say that was just a two-parter, right? Yeah, we're at a, an hour and forty. So oh yeah, that's a two-parter, guys. It, it might turn down to a one though. We'll we had a lot of breaks. We'll find out. We'll, we'll cut that or not. But anyways, um, I truly be- believe that you know everyone has their own beliefs in life, and 
if we offended you, we apologize. But I also think you should open your mind to the fact that everyone has different thoughts and that's how they get themselves through their life. And if you think the end of someone else is going to be something bad, that's their problem, not yours. The point Worry of, about yourself. The point of this was not to offend. The point of this was to give information on something that is very real in someone's life. Yeah. And then we gave our opinions throughout the way. Yeah. So hopefully, if you're offended, you can acknowledge that that's your yeah. own problem. This was fascinating <laughs> to me, to be quite honest. The whole psychology behind possession absolutely fascinates me. I honestly do want to get someone in to discuss it because it, it, I'll be honest, it confuses me. Mm-hmm. It confuses me in my um, personal beliefs, mm-hmm. but I can acknowledge that. I can say like, And I could hey, see that through, throughout that yeah. there's, there's conflict of there. things. And like, I can say like, hey, this is what I believe. This is what I know is true from what I have spoken to my guides about and what I've experienced and all these things. But there are also certain parts of this that I don't get. Yeah. I'm unsure of. Uh, I guess we will see. We'll see. But I do want to get a, someone in to weigh in on that situation. It is now 11.02 p.m. Guys, Meg and I are bed. turning into pumpkins. I We're have, a literal pumpkin. I have to get up at 5 Cin- o'clock. Cinderella left the ball. Yes. And so, we are, I'm Gus Gus. And what am I, I am no longer a horse. What am I? I'm a rat. <laughs> do you know the reference? Yes, I do. Oh, thank I'm God. just a giant pumpkin. No, you're the other one. What's the other mouse? Gus Gus and... Gus Gus, the other one. Lucifer. No, that's a cat. <laughs> that was on brand, though. Anywho. If All you right. have any um, anything you want to write into us about, any topic, topics you would like us to discuss... Please write in um, at lunaticsouppodcast at gmail.com. Lunatic Soup Podcast on all the social medias. Our website is lunaticsouppodcast.com. Right. Did I say gmail.com? Yeah, you said it. Okay, cool. I think you did. We'll find out later. Well, it's at gmail.com. Um, just, you know, you guys, uh, we love you. Go get yourself a glass of lunatic soup, but not, not if, if you're, you're driving. driving. All right. See you later. Good night. Bye.